Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is Football Social Daily, the Premier League podcast. Welcome to Football Social Daily, your Premier League podcast from the sports social team. My name's Niall, and right throughout the week, we bring you all the latest news and opinions on the biggest stories in the top flight of the English game. But on a Wednesday, we like to break up the week by kicking back and getting to know a former Premier League personality. Today is no different, and we've got a class guest for you. Someone who's won it all in English football, including being part of something that had never been done before and hasn't been done since. A couple of weeks back, we heard from Manchester United legend Brian McClare, and we've another legendary red on today's episode as two times Champions League winner and five-time Premier League champion Wes Brown is with us on the show. From giving Cristiano Ronaldo lifts to training on his rise to the top. Great lad, I mean, I used to pick him up. Obviously, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, it's different, but <laughs> when me and him are together, it's just, you know... Yeah, friends are. Yeah. Seeing Sir Alex Ferguson kick a boot at Bex. And, you know, he's knocked a few things over, kicked the boot. <laughs> Mate, he, he couldn't have done it again. He tried. <laughs> Clearing up what really happened during Pizzagate in the tunnel at Highbury. Wes, Wes was just eating a pizza and then all of a sudden... <laughs> was it your pizza? <laughs> it disappeared. Definitely wasn't any, any of our pizzas, no. <laughs> and growing up on the same street as another famous Premier League footballer. Danny Welbert, he lived across the street. Danny was probably one of the best players I've ever seen. Wes had so many great tales to tell and he joined myself, Marley and Joel in the Football Social Daily studio recently. So let's hear from the former England international now. Yes, Niall. Yes, boys. You okay? Yeah, all well, good. mate. Yeah, all good. Chocky. You had Chocky, yeah? Chocky, yeah. Did you play with him? He was my manager at one point. Oh, in the resis? Yeah. If I played resis, he'd been a manager. He was top man, Chucky. He always used to say to me, um, Wes, I know you, your first team, but you put a pair of black boots on, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> he made all the resis um, wear like black boots, no no sparkles. Whose boots did you clean back in the day? Back in the day? Yeah. Did you? 
Yeah. It's not a bad pair to clean. It's that, not is a bad it? pair. So what I'm going <laughs> to like, fight to clean his boots. Did you clean I'm his cleaning boots? Him. I'm cleaning no, them. No, I don't think it was. I think we just got assigned to it when we started YTS. I was going to say, did you clean his boots on the 25th of January 1996 against 100%. Crystal Palace? It's like Aladdin's <laughs> lamp, isn't it? Honestly, I, tell, I tell people this all the time. Every goal that he scored, I've sparkled him. <laughs> so, so you're basically for Cantona's career. You basically did Cantona's career, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, 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 Wes, if Wes anyway, didn't clean Eric's boots so nice, it wouldn't have uh, impaled on that fella's chest <laughs> as clean as it did. Anyway, enough about Eric Cantona. I'm sure we'll get on to more Manchester United stories in a sec, but we want to go back to the start to begin the show with Wes which for you was Fletcher Moss Rangers who have produced some mad players really when you think about it Marcus Rashford Danny Welbeck's come through there and I know I'm forgetting loads of others so how did that start for you what was it like back then when you were playing for Fletcher Moss yeah it was good I loved it I mean we did it it was a bit different it wasn't um, you know it's probably only Sunday league you played football and and I I used to do karate so I did shoulder can um, at Wiverton swimming baths for about three years. Karate? Yeah, I failed my black belt twice when I was 10. But obviously I used to play football on the street all the time. And then one of my mates was at Fletcher, Leon Mills, who actually we joined together at United and YTS. Um, went and said, come come and have a game. Went down, right winger, just so you know. But you started as a right winger? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted to be Ryan Giggs on the right. <laughs> um, and that's how it started, just playing, playing there. So I probably played for about... A year to two years right wing. So you could have been a black belt in karate, but instead you ended still, up... I can still go and do it. <laughs> go on then. Nail. No, I can, I, I can still go and take it. But no, it was good. It, you know, karate is good. It's a lot of... Um, it's just katas, so there's, there was no physical right. um, against opponents. It was more, um, you know, focus, sit-ups, press-ups, you know, shape-wise, it was all that. So it was good. It was good for me and good to take into football, to be fair. So what is it about Fletcher Moss that makes it such a good youth team? Because I mentioned those players that have come through and you're one of them. So what yeah. what is it about Fletcher Moss? Well, I think for us, it was, uh, you know, there was pretty, there was nothing else to do. It was play football or just mess about on the street. So um, if you had a friend on there, they'd ask you to come down and, and play. And it pretty much went as simple as that. You know, we never really got coached or had lessons when we were growing up we just pretty much played on the street that's all we did so going to Fletcher playing in a team playing 11 aside you know learning the basics of positions and, and stuff like that that's what it was about but obviously we had a very good team we had different players at different clubs at the time and yeah we, we won a lot of trophies at Fletcher So you say about playing on the street is there anyone that was the best player on your street were you like the best player when you went out in the, um, in the streets probably I mean all my mates are older than me so they, they let me join in and then when we got a bit older we let Welbs join in because Welbs that's Danny Well, but he lived across the street. So we used to play from about five, six along with my brother. And, and they Danny was probably one of the best players I've ever seen. He he would join in with like obviously us, which we were we were grown ups at the time. So yeah. this street in Longsight has produced you and Danny Welbeck? Yeah, Martfield Avenue, just to put it. <laughs> House prices have just gone up on that road now. Like well like that's a complete fluke that Welbeck grew up opposite you lot. And it happened to be, like, the perfect sort of, you know, get better or we'll yeah, be, you'll be, you'll fall over on the street and you won't, you won't survive. Yeah, it was literally the the house opposite as well. It wasn't like down the road. It was yeah. literally the house opposite. So, obviously, Danny's brothers were a bit older. We always used to just join in messing about on the street. 
Often see it as well, isn't it, with the with the younger sibling. You see it in like sporting families a lot, like the Smith brothers from in boxing. You know, mm-hmm. Callum's probably the best. He's the youngest. Yeah, yeah. Because like, so. he's been grow up. Fight your brother, or you'll yeah. or you'll get knackered. It's yeah, like yeah. the younger brother, and you know that happens a lot. Of that played against Fletcher Moss a lot when I was younger. Did you? Yeah, you got home crying a bit. Not good times. <laughs> <laughs> Not good times. I mean, we always used to get stick because we did win. Um, and it was different back in the day a lot of arguments with the adults but other than that other than that we we just wanted to play football and then you end up going to Manchester United's Youth Academy mm. and we hear all these stories all the time we've heard a few on the podcast actually before about Fergie turning up to your house putting his arm around you saying come on son come and play for Manchester United was it like that for you as well? 100% no I didn't quite call like that <laughs> I mean I was um, I went for a trial at Man City and didn't get on I think when I was about 13 and then honestly, a week later, um, Nobby Styles um, phoned the house and, and told me to come to United and that was it really. Within a week I was there. So when did you first meet Sir Alex? I was probably 14 still. Um, I went a slightly different path. I went for trials for the National um, Football League, which was um, at Lillyshaw. Yes, because so, there was a few of you that went to Lillyshaw as yeah, well, wasn't there? Yeah, it was me, um, that year was on, me, Michael Owen... John Harley, Kenny Lunt, um, Stephen Aslam, Sheffield Wednesday. They're probably the, the, a few that have sort of became footballers along the way. But that was good. He got you focused on when you were going to join the club. So even though I signed at 14, School of Excellence, I was pretty much gone for the two years. So what happened with your right wing dream? Like when did that start to fade and you realised? That, that faded when I was about 12. Was it? Yeah, I mean, one of the lads was ill. One, this is on True Story one weekend and the, the manager was one of the dads and he said he wants to play centre-back and I stupidly put my hand up. Um, but did you really want to or did you no, just... No, did I? I wanted to score. I wanted to take people on. Yeah. I think that's what any kid wants to do. But after a few weeks of him making me stay there, I realised that not many people... I was pretty quick, so not many people could get past me. Um, and he pretty much went from there. So you're that guy who was uh, injured. Big deal, isn't it? The fact that he was out of the squad for... Yeah, he was only ill. Yeah, I think it was so just So if that Ill. never happened, do you think your career might have gone a different way? He's only 12. He's only 12, you never know, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and they might have thought you were a, a winger. I know Fletcher that was, that was serious, going. but not that serious. <laughs> yeah, I suppose at some point I would have probably gone at the back and seen what he was like, but I, I liked it, I liked tackling, you know, and then my whole focus went on defending then. You know that thing that Gary Neville said on, uh, is it Monday Night Football he said it on? He said, like, nobody wants to grow up to be a Gary Neville and be a right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, there's just weird things that turn people into defenders. And yeah. like you say, everyone wants to score goals when you're a kid. Yeah. So different, isn't it? Yeah, game's about glory, isn't it? It's yeah. what you want to do. You want to have your shirt around your head when you're a kid playing in the street. Um, but you ended up coming through the academy and in the late 90s, you made your breakthrough. You were mm. still pretty young. And then you're involved in the season that Manchester United go on to win a treble which mm. has still never been done in English football what was that like going from being the kid from Longsight who wanted to be a right winger idolised Ryan Giggs to then playing in the same team as him and being on the bench for a Champions League final that must have been pretty mad for you at that age yeah I thought it'd be like that every year <laughs> <laughs> I mean that was my first full season so you can imagine I'm only young and thinking well this is good you know, we we'll keep this going. Nothing ever. It's, it's funny because I've won um, quite a lot of trophies, but nothing ever quite gets to that point again, which is a shame because um, it happened when I was nineteen. So you have to think back to you, know, you sort of get that high again, that buzz, which hasn't quite, you know, caught that that sort of high. But I mean, it was what a brilliant squad just to um, sort of come into and bed me way in and 
obviously get a lot of trust from the manager as well. What was Giggsy like when you met him? The local lads are all they're all fine, Giggsy, but uh, yeah. You know, did that did that help you with that night class of ninety two that everyone talks yeah, about? I mean, but but he lives he's pretty much from the same place I am. Um, right. So it was he was fine. You know, it was just none of them were like and they're still not no one's big added or anything, even though they they've they've won so much, um, so young. Just got on with it. You could see that they were winners. Um, you know, you had to play well, you always have to put the effort in. And that's the sort of culture that I, I sort of, you know, jumped straight into, which was um, perfect for me because that's a, the same sort of character I am. We're going to come on to the 2008 side a bit more, which I still think would have won the treble if it wasn't for uh, his Portsmouth side. But um, what do you think were the main differences between those two sides and like what meaning did it have for you? Because obviously in the 99 side, you were a young kid coming into it and in the 2008 side, you had, you had a massive role in the season. Mm. What were the similarities and differences in the two teams which made them champion winning sides? Winners in general, attitude, uh, you know, people ask me which one's the best one. I would still say 99, just for the simple fact, the squad. Um, you know, the rules were a little bit different with subs and stuff. And, um, you know, there was a lot of games that season, but the lads just kept kept battling on. You know, we obviously had a little bit of luck along the way. Um, but I always feel, listen, to, to actually do the treble, it's not... It's, you know, it's not an easy... But even though you didn't have a massive part in that one, but you had a massive yeah, part in Yeah, I mean, I, I played quite a lot of the games up until the quarter-final. Mm. And obviously, um, you're at the big stage now and the, the the manager has to go with the, you know, the players that have been there a long time yeah. and, you know, more experience. It's as simple as that. And I think that's the way uh, most things go. Obviously, in, in a way, I was more of a senior figure, so I would play more games and, and play in them later stages. Um, but it was a great experience and just to be involved and see it all unroll really um, and again listen to that oh wait yeah Portsmouth what can I say David James what with Rio Fern I was flapping about in yeah. goal <laughs> yeah. clearing the ball I'm, off the line I'm sure Niall or did you go to that game Niall? I would have been there yeah I'm sure if you watch it if you ever watch it again I have. you can see how I much can't you believe. get yeah, I was I, I was in disbelief that. That, that that's the thing you know it's, that was when we look when I look back at that I think of that game not necessarily that we won the Champions just League. the moment that you missed just that that moment because it was an opportunity to try and do it again and it's not like it's just one of them things football it's mad in it I mean yeah. we we should have won that game but we didn't and yeah. that's that's and the way it goes play that game another hundred times and United yeah, win one it result, isn't 95 it? times it's yeah. just one of them things and that, that's the you know the that's just the little minor things where you know you, you, you're at, we're st- it was still a great team but that makes it a special team if we, we were to win that again um, but we just didn't quite get there. Talking a special team, obviously at that point, Cristiano Ronaldo is catching fire. He's scoring thirty plus goals. He's becoming the best player in the world. You assisted him in that two thousand and eight Champions League final. Hmm. He came in as kind of this shy kid from Portugal. Didn't speak a great deal of English. Did you ever see that he would become what he became when you played with him and then beyond with Real Madrid? I think you, once you got to that the, the high point, you could, you know, it, it's all about can you keep it going? I mean, there's so many special players you know, across generations that, you know, they have two, three fantastic seasons um, still, you know, in still talked about as, you know, some of the best players in the world. But this guy, obviously, along with Messi, they've done it at the same time every year year in, year out. I mean, that's special. Uh, and again, just the right mindset and the belief in himself and 
Um, I think that last season he was with us, you you could see that he, he wasn't going to stop for a while because mm. just, you know, the focus he had. Did it shock you, though, what he went on to do or not? Uh, do you know what? You would say no, because you would say out of all of us, it, it probably would be him. Uh, you know, he, there was times in games when, you know, people always look back, but we, we weren't brilliant every game. We, don't get me wrong, we wouldn't give up. We'd, we'd keep ourselves in it, but he would be the one who would get the win for us somehow come up with something special and um, you've got uh, I think as players you see that and you see it in training as well the way he works so you, you know if he, you know you, you probably don't expect he's going to do it for that long because who you know who does that for that mm-hmm. long and can be so good scoring scoring so many goals but ultimately out of everyone it probably you'd say yeah it would be him when he came back to Manchester United you were the first person to interview him yeah. was he the same character as he was when he left was he different 100% the same it's different because obviously to a lot of other people he's he's um he's now a senior player obviously but when he was with us he was one one of the younger lads uh, great lad I mean I used to pick him up um, from his house when he first moved he's, and we just you know we got on fine it was absolutely no problem obviously it's Cristiano Ronaldo it's different but <laughs> when me and him are together it's just you know yeah. just friends aren't yeah, you? That, just that's little, it, yeah. little Chris almost like yeah. you know, oh there's Portuguese shy lad that Ronnie. Up. Yeah. Call, at, least you, Ronnie. at least you didn't tweet saying Ronnie do you want to lift in the morning pal because I think that, <laughs> that's no, not... I'm sure he can get in now <laughs> what was it like training against him like every day because obviously you're, you're a defender you probably yeah. played most of your games at right back he played most of his games at left wing so was it like you know everyone talks about that like John O'Shea performance in, in sporting and he, he's Came yeah. away traumatized from it, saying we have to get him because. Yeah, you know. well, I think I, I always think you know if you've got the best players on your team, you've got to, um, play against them every day. Yeah. At the time, it was Nani, tricky as hell, Giggsy, um, Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. You know these players, you, tr- you you know you up against every day, so it helped your game immensely because you then go in the weekend and you're not you're playing against players, obviously good players, but maybe not as good as them. Yeah. Um, so, but obviously playing against him, you just have to be on your toes all the time. I used to kick him, simple. <laughs> I wouldn't get away with it now, but um, <laughs> not kick him to hurt him, but kick him. Mm. Kick you know him, what it's, I mean? it's what he's going to get but, on a Saturday. But ultimately, he, you know, we training was tough. It was difficult. You know, we 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 went out in training, and you know, especially with Keno there, you you fully focused. There's no messing about. You you're there to train, work hard, get fit, and so you, you obviously put that on the pitch on a Saturday or Sunday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you go back to uh, 2006, after the World Cup, when Rooney R- 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 and Ronaldo had that little 
incident like mm. Portugal against England. When they were coming back, there was obviously a load of media around if they were going to see eye to eye. And I don't know what happened between them if Ferguson had gotten them together or something. But when they first came back during pre-season, what was the atmosphere around the training room? A load of rubbish that was. Was it? Laughing. Really? Yes, Ronnie. Yes, yes, Wayne. But when they first saw each other again? It is, yeah, the teammates, you know. Stuff happens when you're playing against each other. It happens. Um, you know, we're back in now. That's gone. And we were back on the team. And then obviously we went... Um, to getting more finals again but yeah it was it's a media can hype up anything yeah I mean Ferguson wouldn't have stood for that anyway would he Wes to be fair yeah, but but both characters are not like that yeah Do you know what no, I mean? no confrontation yeah. or anything no, like that holding no grudges it's just yeah. you know it happened you know you, you move on anything can happen like that in football in the heat of the moment well talking of the heat of the moment and talking of Sir Alex Ferguson you were in the changing rooms when Fergie decided to <laughs> accidentally kick a boot at David Beckham yeah. and obviously that was on the front page of every paper not just the back yeah. page was it a good shot? Mate he couldn't have done it again he tried. <laughs> or one in a million shot <laughs> No I mean everyone it was the, I mean the change rooms are different to, to what they are now a lot smaller a lot tighter everyone's yeah. pretty much shoulder to shoulder um, and obviously the door and where you know Bex sits is, is facing and you know he's knocked a few things over, kicked the boot. At no point was he ever. Amen. I mean, you'd have to line it up to I don't know a T. Um, but obviously, yeah, it's hit back, so it's a bit unfortunate, I think. Whose boot was it? Couldn't tell you. Really? I couldn't tell you now. Surely someone in that dressing couldn't room sat there you. thinking, "That's my boot." That's, <laughs> that's, that's my one big size eleven. We've come in. Everyone's you know devastated. We got beaten. Yeah, yeah. A few heads down. So it was. It's nothing the manager hasn't done before when he's not happy. Did that start off Beckham's exit as well? After I, that? Mean, I mean, there's probably a lot of things um, to, to do with it. But ultimately, what you, what I've realised is through the years that the manager's not afraid of getting rid of anyone regardless of of um, at what point of the career they're at. And I, thought, I think that, you know, always stuck on everybody's mind. Um, like, you can never become bigger than the club. What was your relationship like with him? Good, really good with me. Really, really good. He was um, good when I was younger. You know, I got shouted at a lot. I got, you know what, I got shouted at a lot playing games, but I actually think, and he knew this, it helped me, it made me play better. Mm. Um, Is that just to try and prove him wrong, whatever he was saying about you? Or? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably, but he, you can ask most of the lads, he was very good man manager. He wouldn't necessarily do that to everyone. Um, but I think, you know, everyone respected him highly and, um, he got the best out of the, the boys to play as a team. When you said about how he wasn't scared to get rid of anybody at the club, regardless of your stature, mm. obviously Roy Keane and him didn't seem to see eye to eye towards the end. I know that Alex Ferguson said that after he criticised him on TV, there was only one way out and that if he didn't get rid of him, uh, you the players would look at Sir Alex Ferguson a bit, bit differently if he didn't get rid. What was the tension or like atmosphere towards them to like in the changing room towards the end because it seems like he was trying to well, from what we see from the outside he was trying to get bigger than the manager or take control no nah, not at all Kino was always has always stayed the same you know he was a he was a captain you know the respect was high on the pitch you know he, he managed the team um and you know i know for a fact them two they do have big respect for each other yeah but sometimes when it clashes it just doesn't work you know what i mean um but not at any point did the players think that you know, Roy Keane was getting too big, you know. But like taking Keane, over the dressing room, all these never, things that never, came out. Absolutely no chance. I mean, Roy Keane just expected the, the basics from you in a, in a high standard and, and that's the honest truth. 
And people always say, listen, Kino would chat me all the time, but ultimately, which never gets reported, is he'd also tell you when you've done well. You know what I mean? And as a young lad coming through, um, sometimes that's what you needed to hear, yeah. and that you were doing well. Um, but yeah, it got to the point where you know there was a this they fell out, and it just wasn't going to happen. What's the worst hairdryer you got off the gaffer? There's so many I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, I do remember one though. I got um, he gave me one against Leeds. I think we're winning one nil away. Um, I don't know if it was 2001, 2002, three, something like that. And I thought I played really well. And anyway, after the game, we won the game. I can't remember if it was 2-0, 2-1. Um, one of the young lads who wasn't playing, Mark Wilson, said to me, do you remember when the manager was like snapping at you in the change room? Honestly, it was like he was going to blow my head off. <laughs> and then I went out. I, not, honestly, I did play well, but when you went out, because he was still in the change room, he said to the other coaches, ah, where's the play even better now? So the manager was clever, do you know what I mean? And it's it just, you know, he knew the right things to get you going. Well, Brian McClay, he said, because I asked him a similar question yeah. of what was your worst conflict. And then I asked him, like, was it because of fear that you wanted to try and do it better for him? And he said, no, it was because I just wanted to pr like prove that you were good enough to play for him and you didn't want to let him down. Was it fear down. or was it that? No, it was definitely don't want to let anyone don't let down. It down. Because you know you're good enough to be there, but you, for the standards that we're talking about now, I mean... We're looking to win the Premiership every year. Yeah, you know we're looking to win cups, so you have to keep the high standard up, and that's so, it. And we didn't do it every year, but ultimately we won a lot, you know. And then you know any dropping standards, um, like when we won't win the league, we know we'd messed up somewhere. You know the standard we could do better. I think we all believe that in ourselves, and the manager made sure that came out. Yeah, I remember you telling me once about how um, you you were out on a night out and you shouldn't have been out, and the gaffer said you shouldn't have been out because there's a game coming up and you said that you didn't have enough money to get a taxi home. Well, that was early doors. Yeah, that was early <laughs> doors. Still the ropes. No, this was, this was early. So I was, I was I just, well, I've been pro. So when you, when I turned 17, I was pro, but obviously when I was 18, I started playing. But in that time, in that same time, I still haven't signed another contract. So I was probably on, well, I think it was £250 a week. Um, and then I had a fight on a bus going home because I got the bus everywhere 192 until Piccadilly still going yeah, yeah. and then, then the M10 to Salford and then vice versa um, and then obviously something happened on the bus and the manager found out and he, he said to me what you, what you the bus and I said I've always got the bus and he's like obviously shouting at me because something's happened on the bus and he's like get a taxi and then I explained to him that I couldn't afford a taxi because that would be £14 a day £7 for my house to Salford that's £14 a day, he times up by seven, blah, blah, blah. Still have at home with my mum, need to give my mum some money. You know, I'm actually buying Snide, Ralph Lorenzi to, to go out. <laughs> so that, he, he stopped shouting at me after that. And he was like, right, yeah, we'll, we'll sort that out. And that's pretty much how that went. So the actual incident forgot, forgot about, so I was happy with that. I also noticed as well, um, in 2004, you know, when United broke Arsenal's 49 game unbeaten mm. streak, you were on the bench for that mm. one. Can you clear up what actually happened in that tunnel? Because there's so many different accounts. Yeah, I and I don't even... No, nah, you dead. <laughs> Joe, come killing off it. the record, can I know? Because I, I need to know the it account good, of that though. one. It was, it was good in, afterwards. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, it's still in my mind. I enjoyed that. Well, you had a first-hand view. Yeah, we have, I think a few people you know did. It's yeah. like the unspoken rule between Arsenal and Man United players. At the no, era, literally, Fab Fabregas and Keane were talking about it just before the game. And everyone's so like... Because Fabregas threw a pizza, didn't he? That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Wes, Wes was just eating a pizza and then all of a sudden was it your pizza? <laughs> it disappeared. It definitely wasn't any any of our pizzas, no. <laughs> <laughs> but was it like Royal Rumble style? It was good. It yeah. was interesting, yeah. What was it like playing against Arsenal then? <clears throat> Were they your toughest opponent in a Manchester United shirt? Because in 08 you played against Chelsea in the Champions League final and they came through with Mourinho and Drogba and Lampard and whatnot. Mm. But Arsenal were kind of the front runners before that. So were they the toughest opponents you felt? Yeah, I think it it changed, like you just said. I think Arsenal was pretty much um, for three or four or five years, they were the main ones, 100%. Just the the squads, they had the teams they had and the the players were unbelievable. Um, Internationals, top end of the game. And Arsene Wenger got them playing some fantastic football. So we, you know, every time we played them, it was a battle, and it was it was a different battle to nowadays. I mean, yeah, obviously the, the the rules have changed a bit, but yeah, we would everyone would be tackling and getting stuck in at the beginning, and you know, trying to just get that upper hand a little bit. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Right, Wes, we play a game with every guest. It's called Weber Lies. Okay. And how it works is we've gone through the internet to find a few stories about you on, online, and you have to tell us whether they're true or they're not true. It's Elaborate easy. as you wish. So just to get us started, to give you a nice easy one, you were born on the 13th of October, and your name is Wesley Michael Brown. True. That doesn't sound the way. I, 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 since a kid, I've always changed. I always changed my name, but obviously, that you are correct. That is my name. Yeah. You've changed your name. Do you want to know what my name is when I was a kid growing up? Come on, then. Wesley Snipes, Michael Jordan, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that your government name. <laughs> like, what? Okay. Passport name. No, but yeah, name, engineered this. Um, Wesley Michael Brown. Yeah. Okay, so that that is true, even though it might be a lie on the internet somewhere. Uh, here's a good one. Whilst at Sunderland, Paolo Di Canio sent Wes Brown to a witch doctor in Italy. Yeah, correct. So you were injured, right? Yeah. And Paolo Di Canio I mean, I, was I the Sunderland know, manager. He obviously time. didn't. He wasn't told to me as a witch doctor, so that you know that was never. Yeah. Witch doctor was never used, but it was some. It was a different doctor, we should say, who did a lot of the healing stuff. Well, like Reiki or some of that. I mean, I wouldn't know what you call it, but yeah, <laughs> not necessarily. Uh... So you had an injury at the time, and then Paolo sent you to a special doctor in Italy. Yeah, I think well, a lot of the lads went. It wasn't just me, right? Um, it was a doctor that he's used in the past, and yeah, we went to Italy. It was nice. It was in Rome. Not bad. <laughs> what was what was Paolo de Canio like to play under? Yeah, he was. Listen, Paolo was a good manager. He was a little bit different, very full on. Um, Is he as nuts as everyone says? Yeah, he's, he can be crazy, but any manager can. I just think it's because he was a player as well. Obviously, everyone takes that to a, a different extreme, and um, obviously, what he does on the pitch himself as a player. But yeah, he was. Uh, you know, he was. A, he was a little bit different, but ultimately, he was. You know, he was. And someone, it was good for me to experience as well, because we had quite a lot of managers at Sunderland. 
Okay, so that is true. You did go to a strange doctor in Italy. Strange doctor. But it wasn't, fair, yeah. wasn't a weird doctor. I, I'm not, there was no spells going on. No, well, no. <laughs> I feel like it's just an excuse to go to Rome, in my opinion. Yeah, I know. Okay, here's the next one. Wes Brown was once hit by Alex Ferguson with a cricket bat. Correct. Fergie hit you with a cricket bat? Yeah, he used to have this little cricket bat. He was signed by, I don't know if it was Australia or New Zealand. He had it in his room at the cliff. And... um. He told me I, I had to, to move and I told him where I was going to move to and he hit me with a cricket bat. <laughs> I was expecting like a full-size cricket bat. <laughs> no, it's a little one. But like a little signature yeah, one. Little, yeah. Just a little whack All over right. the head. But saying that, he still will whack me now when I see him, so that's nothing different. Was it like a little thing you've got? <laughs> it's a little... Can you clip around you the ear? good. When you say move, you mean move clubs or move no, house? No, he told me he had to move from Longsight and I then told him I've been looking at um, places in the city centre which then provoked the <laughs> not yeah, the right answer to the city centre <laughs> bit too close to uh, Deansgate Locks so. <laughs> yeah it was a bit too close yeah so. <laughs> alright cool so that's true Wes Brown was once asked to go on Love Island 100% no not true you wouldn't do that would you that's the worst shot I've ever seen. I've been, well, someone someone uh, said it on the internet. Sure, there's an age, there's an age thing for. Did they not know how old I am? <laughs> Maybe not. You look quite young to be. Yeah, as a compliment, then. Hundred percent. Not true. Celebrity Love Island. Remember back in the day? No, mate. Never I've never watched years it. ago. I've never watched Love Island. I'm so sure. I tell you. I'm sure, Callum Best was on it once. Oh yeah, probably. But it, it's more up his street than Wes's. Yeah, I would I say. Would you ever do? We ever do no, anything like that? That's next question. <laughs> <laughs> You already know the answer. <laughs> yeah, may as well. There's no point including this in the podcast. <laughs> Wes Brown's initiation song was Blue Moon, the Manchester City song. My initiation song? I didn't have to do a song. Didn't do a song? I didn't do a song. I did other things, but not a song. What did you do? You didn't ask me that. <laughs> well, okay, so what's Wes Brown's initiation? Um, I had to do um, it's a silly one, and I won't be doing it for you. It's, it's funny movements, um, which is just dancing really stupid. And... No, it wasn't. That wasn't me. Someone had to chat David May up, which was proof. <laughs> <laughs> which that wasn't me. What else did I do? do? I, well. I can't remember the other one. But I, we did two. It wasn't our group. wasn't big for our year. So it was only six of us. What was the best initiation you've seen at United? Um, probably Rick Rallins, um trying to chat up David May. Richie <laughs> never going to win. <laughs> Richie Wellens is is the manager at Leighton Orient. Uh, that's quality. Okay, final one here. Wayne Rooney once set your trainers on fire after a game. Yeah, it was him or Fletch. I'll, get, I'll still get him back, don't worry. Yeah, because I, I did something to, I think I did something to Wayne's trainers. I don't know what happened. It, it was one of them did stupid it get things. Out of hand, where, right? Yeah, it always yeah. goes a little bit further, doesn't it? But ultimately, yeah, someone someone actually burnt my trainers and sawed the front off as well. So when I put them on, <laughs> it's true story. And I'm, I know it was Fletch, but it could have been Wayne. And um, they've sawed the front off, so I, I didn't notice. So when I put it on and I started the walking, senior toes. Say, <laughs> so that slipped. means and I was snapping because we I like the trainers. That means I, someone I had to do something that day. Brought a saw into the training that's ground. What I, that's what got me. Like who's coming in with? Yeah, it's true. Fletch has been into his dad's shed before the before training. Yeah. <laughs> seen if he's and got to be fair, once around. it got you know out of hand, we all just had a laugh. But yeah, that did happen. Yeah, is that the worst prank? Because you kind of on me, you don't, probably, you don't, you don't yeah. have a reputation, but you you kind of have this. Um, character where you're a bit of a dressing room kind of uplifter, I would say. I used say. to love the dressing room. That yeah. was my main thing, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I can't remember how it started. But yeah, they burnt me trainers and cut, sawed them, the front off as well. 
Did you prank anyone else? It, it, it was probably a bit worse back when you were playing, was it? Yeah, it, stuff? maybe could have been, but we didn't go to the extreme because, you, you know, it starts getting personal, doesn't it? And you don't, and it, you know, we never went that far. There, yeah. yeah, there's a fine line and you don't want it to go that far. It's all, you know, it's, it started with a laugh. So you just got to know when to stop it. All right. Well, that was Weber Lies. Good job, Wes. So <laughs> debunking a few myths there about your professional career. Now, as we said, you went on to Sunderland and you played more games in the Premier League. You also then, towards the end of your career, went to India. Yeah. What was that like as an experience? Because we hear about players during a certain time period going to the MLS in America or to China or to the Middle East. But not many people went to India. It was just basically you and David James, really. So what was that like for you? Berbatov. Did he go? Yeah. Ian Hume. Um, Paulie Chubka, who I used to play with at United as well. Um, yeah, it was... Um, Rennie Mullenstein was the manager, so he just said, do you, want to, do you want to come and play? And at first, I thought it was a bit of a... Well, never heard of sort of this team whatever but honestly I went and had a brilliant time brilliant mm. time it was a different experience so um, you know loved every second of it the league's not as big it's not as long my knees were killing me but ultimately it was only 18 games so mentally you know you sort of get through that um, but yeah like I said really enjoyed myself the, the whole experience was just different to what I was used to the weather mm. Um, I was going to say reaches like I did a Google of Kerala minimum temp twenty eight, but obviously the yeah, humidity is crazy so as well, isn't it's it? It's like it was hot. Yeah, yeah. we changed um, training times at loads of different times because the evening was at best, and then really early in the morning. So, but ultimately we it was a uh, um, you know traveling around India, seeing all different places. I I loved every second of it. I was going to say, what did you think of the Indian people and their? Reaction to obviously you the playing fans. for United, like, are they, like how are they? Are they fan? Cra- are they football crazy? Yeah, honestly, obviously it's, it's cricket. You know, I don't think you you ever going to better that. But ultimately, it's it's next. You know, football is is crazy over there, and especially our fans. Um, Fifty thousand home game, and you you know you just want. Were you expecting that when you went over there? Not at all. Mm. I mean, Rennie was telling me you know the fans get up to 20, 30, 40, 50,000 on any given day but our home um, crowd was it, honestly it was so loud and it was like a bit like America they have the DJ in their system mm. does that make sense so yeah, it's like never you know it's never an atmosphere, yeah. yeah like it's an entertainment an like, a, like an event isn't it rather yeah. more than just a just a game sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah. so so really enjoyed it loved travelling around you know it took you know, it's so big India you know sometimes it took um, two three flights just to get where you're going but um yeah, really did like it. We we didn't win, um, but ultimately it was a, a good experience for myself. Obviously, you played for England a fair amount of times during your career as well. Did that ever really come onto your radar? Because we hear people say England is the proudest moment for me as a player to represent my country. And yet we've also heard stories from people that you played with that say it wasn't quite the same at England because... The United lot would sit on one bench. The Chelsea that's lot just, would sit on that's another. That's how it was. It's no, I don't get that. That's just how it was. You know, you you just sat next to your mate. I know it's a lot different now, and it's probably for the better. But ultimately, there was definitely no arguing. You just got your food and you sat down. You know, it was. Did that affect way England played or not? Listen, I I no, I, I would say hundred percent no, hundred percent no. Um, unless somebody had personal this, if anyone had a personal issue, but I didn't know about it. Put it like that, but other than that, you know, that's just you know, you just sat next to your mate, really. So, did it even feel like a team? Of course, you did. That's what I'm trying to say. It's just that like you were at dinner, you sat next to your mate, right? Yeah. Right, that's what as I don't simple get. as that, yeah. 
That's, that's not it's normal though, isn't it? Like if yeah, you like if me I, I don't like if get me the issue on that. Maybe other people have job. different experiences of it. Yeah. Um but I was there for in and out for twelve years. And I, it was never an issue when we were there. Mm. So maybe people look into it a bit more. I don't know. Never I never even thought about it. World Cups. I went to one. Two thousand and two? Yeah. What Didn't play, it was a brilliant experience. So um obviously we got beat by Brazil. Ronaldinho. Did he mean it? <sighs> Don't know. Probably. Probably. <laughs> He's that good to do that. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, you look at it and you go, no, he didn't. But he says he did, so maybe. <laughs> maybe, mate. Um, just finally then with England, mm. you retired from England the day after you got a call up, but yeah. you got stitched up on the same day. Not I didn't, on purpose. I didn't get stitched up, but Robbo, yeah. Um, Paul Robinson retired on the same day, but he called. I was never going to call. I was always going to see the manager anyway. I just thought it was more respectful. So I went and seen him and he didn't want me to, but I just said, listen, if <laughs> getting on a bit now and there's a lot of young lads coming through. I've, and you have to remember, I've, I've been in so many squads, but I didn't play that many games, you know. Um, so I just thought it was time, especially for me that, you know, you, you have to give someone else a go. I was, my knees are not 100% anymore. Mm. And that little bit of time off, honestly, that 10 days, it helped so much with recovery. Um, so yeah, he was, you know, ultimately he was fine. But I was just glad I went to see him to, to, to sort of tell him. How much did that get you down about your knees? Did that bother you I've at the time? Had, I've always had my knees. Yeah, yeah, everyone's got knees. <laughs> always, mate, I have always struggled. My knees have always struggled. So ever since my first cruise ship, obviously, straight after the treble. Mm. And then I did I did that one. And then I, two years later, I did my right one. But are you the sort of person who's quite accepting and think... I'll just get on with it. I'm just... It's beaten me, my knees. I can't play anymore. At or... the end, yeah, that's because of my age. I was thirty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't, you didn't let it, you didn't let it stop you. No, no. I mean, listen. There's times when you, like for instance, when I left United, I wasn't the same standard because my knees were hurting, and you know you're not as young and you're not doing the same things to be that sort of level. Uh, but ultimately, it doesn't mean you you finished. You know, you just you go and do different things, start to play a different way, um, but. Pretty much, you know, my knees the whole way through. They were um, had issues at some point. You know, when you came to the end of your career, when you decided to retire, I know with Olympians, they go through a little bit of a phase where they lose their purpose because, you know, they train and train and train for that one event. And then when they've done all the Olympics, they're like, my purpose has gone in life. Is it similar for a footballer where you've had this really condensed career and then you stop and then you're like, what's next for the next it half of my be. life? It will be, but I've got three girls. So <laughs> you have to believe That's enough to that. keep you. That's enough to keep you going. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, I, I would always say, listen, try and do something. I, I don't know. I don't think it's the best idea just to be sitting at home um, doing nothing but even if you go and watch somebody train or you know someone at another club and sort of do that just 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 to get your feet on the ground and 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 walk away because it can get boring and you don't know what to do with yourself you know what I mean yeah, so yeah. Um, like I said I had I got I've got three girls so it was it was pretty much non-stop for me anyway <laughs> um but yeah, you can, at times, it, you know, I can see it can be tough for, for definitely people. Because I always see like Ibrahimovic, for example, he always says he's secretly scared of retiring. Yeah, you do, because, because you miss that, that day in day. It's a, you, it's a routine, isn't it? Yeah. You, you know, you, you miss and you, you miss the lads a lot. You know, even if, even if you were quiet and you're not, you don't say much in the changing rooms, you just, you know, you just miss being there. And um, like I said, the routine's a bit messed up. So you have to um, find a way just to keep yourself a bit busy. 
It's all right. He gets to sit with me on MUTV now, so he's fine. Well, well, come down from Ronaldo. He's in a good mood. I know. Well, that, that was a question. I have a question. Why do you always think I'm in a bad you mood? You are, mate. I've seen you. You know. Because every time I say it to <laughs> Keep you, you smile. <laughs> then you go, yeah. A knowing smile, isn't it? Yeah. He keeps telling everyone that I'm a miserable. Good last night. I told oh, Dion right, you were good. Yeah, yeah he was, was in right. a good mood. I was all right. Listen, where's... Because Dion was on, that's what it is. We'll see what it is. We'll have to get him in. Dion Dublin. Ask him about the stairs leading to the bedroom and all the rest of it. can't be angry around Dion you can't no that's true even if you even if you are after five minutes you won't be angry <laughs> <laughs> listen Wes it's been great having you in mate thanks for giving up Ledge. your time to come and speak to us all the best mate Wes Brown everyone see you later Football Social Daily loved hearing from Wes Brown there especially the bit where he mentioned Pompey ruining the United treble in 2008 what a day that was but in all seriousness what a career Wes had in the Premier League and we'll be speaking to another former title winner on next week's podcast Trevor Stephen was part of one of the most successful teams in Everton's history in the mid-1980s and he was also on the pitch for England the moment Diego Maradona performed the now infamous Hand of God trust me you don't want to miss Trevor's account of that day in Mexico City the best way to stay in the loop with that episode and all of the other daily Premier League news and views is to hit subscribe new top flight content every weekday and you'll be notified as soon as a new episode is released but that's it from us today on football social daily thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next one football social daily is a voice work sport production for the sports social podcast network